Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ask a Locksmith. It is I, Captain Stubbs, one, your lovely locksmith host, here today to do something maybe a little bit different. This is normally the show where people send me their lock and security-related questions to askalocksmithpod at gmail.com, and I answer them. But I didn't have a lot of questions this week. Uh, So this is the first episode of the Job of the Week segment. Uh, This is going to be a little more freeform than normal episodes, uh, as it's just me recalling interesting or odd jobs that I've done recently. Um, As a note that I will repeat every time I do one of these episodes... Being that I work in the security field, the security of my clients is of the utmost concern. Specifics about these jobs have been altered or omitted from the retelling. I will never say where or when these events happened or who they happened to out of concern for my customer's security. Um, I've got a couple jobs to talk to you about today that I've done recently. They're both safe jobs. Um, Let's start with the broken double door safe. So this broken double door safe got called into me. As one side, the safe was opening and operating normally and properly, and the other side, the handle was just spinning. Uh, You could enter the code. It sounded like the lock was opening, so it was an electronic safe lock. Uh, But when you went to turn the handle, it would just spin, uh, well, as far as it could spin before it would hit the lock body on the face of the door. So I drive out to the location of this job, uh, and I get there, and my first uh, operation is to get this door open. So I, uh, I drill the wall between the two parts of the safe, the two parts of the double door, and I push the bolts back in manually overriding the handle uh, after punching the code in that I was given by the customer. And I get the second door open. Uh, Upon opening the second door and removing the interior cover panel to see what's going on, the cam at the back end of the door handle had broken off. So a a safe door handle... On the outside is a large L-shaped piece of metal, something for you to grip, or it's or it's the old school, old timey, uh, four, five, or six, or seven handles into the round piece that you turn to open the safe door. Whatever they look like on the outside, through the inside of the safe door, they are just a thick threaded rod. At the base of the threaded rod, it's probably about somewhere between half an inch and three quarters of an inch thick, uh, and then it steps down a little bit to about three eighths of an inch thick. So the thicker part of the threaded rod has a washer and a nut threaded onto it and and screwed tight, mostly tight, uh, to hold the handle to the door. And the cam on the back uh, sits on the smaller threaded part. That is the piece that actually interacts with the bolts that move the the bolts that lock the safe shut, the pieces that move in and out on the edge of the door that, that make it a safe. Um, so what had happened on this safe was that the cam on the backside of the handle broke its weld off. There's a, it, the, the cam is basically a three or four inch long flat piece of metal with a hole in it on one side that the handle comes through and you tighten down so that the handle moves the cam back and forth when you move the handle. And on the other end of the flat piece of metal it has a piece of metal welded to it that is that just sticks into a hole on the bolt carrier uh, which is just a large piece of metal that holds all the bolts together and and hits the lock when you try to open it without the code. Um, so that, you know, when you enter the code and go to turn, this piece of, this rod piece of metal sticking out the top of the cam sits in this hole and it pulls the track back and forth and lets you open or close the safe. So the, the, the rod that sits in that hole had snapped off. Uh, it's about... Uh, 
three eighths inch thick piece of metal welded on. So they, I don't know exactly how it got broken off, but it got broken off. Um, my options were either order a new cam and wait for it to come in, meaning that half of this safe would be unusable for my customer for in the times we live in a somewhat unpredictable amount of time. It could have been a, could have been as short as two days. It could have been as long as a week. Um, it's, sometimes it's a little difficult to get parts in with the state of the world being what it is. Uh, my other option was to drill a hole in the plate where the weld was that held that piece of metal in that interacts with the bolt carrier and put a bolt in there to replace that piece of the cam. Uh, and so that's what I did. I, I drilled a hole through where the weld was and I put a new bolt in place uh, and reattached everything so that that bolt interacted with the bolt carrier uh, the same way that the stud used to. Uh, when I left, the only difference was the handle sat at a slightly different angle than the than it used to because I didn't uh, because of the weld on the plate I couldn't drill the hole dead center, so the handle sits at a little bit different angle than it used to before I got there. Still works exactly perfectly fine, but uh, that's that's one fix, you know, and that's one of the things I like about what I do with my job is that it's important to me to try and repair things as much as possible, not just replace things. I'm a, I'm a Smith. This is a trade. It's not just, uh, no offense to handyman, but you know, it, it's, I'm not like just some handyman there to unscrew something and screw a new thing on. If there's a problem and there's a fix for it, I would much prefer to fix the issue than just replace the issue. Um, so that's, that's the first job of the week is the broken handle cam double door safe. My next one has a little bit more comedy to it, especially comedy if you're another locksmith. Um, I got called out to another customer. This is a commercial customer. Um, it's it's not a, a large commercial customer, so they don't have very high-end... Um, they don't have the most high-end safes, which is fine. As long as you actually lock your, your valuables up for work, that's great. Um, you know, larger... Uh, chain places tend to have more intricate safe systems just because they have more uh, rules and regulations that the company has to follow. So you get a little bit smaller of a place. They don't necessarily have to follow those rules and regulations, so they don't have the highest grade safes. They just, you know, they have a safe, and that's fine. Uh, most most commercial businesses aren't looking to have a fire-rated safe either. Most of the time, commercial safes uh, don't have any concrete in them which is concrete is one of the materials used for uh, the fire rating in safes. Uh, most of the time they're just metal wall because they don't really, the the safe is more there as an anti-theft thing. It's not there as a protect our money thing in a commercial setting. <clears throat> so I got called out to a customer to look at their uh, safe. And I, the call we got was that uh, they could enter the code, but the handle wasn't turning. Uh, and I got there, and yeah, I could enter the code. The lock uh, recognized the inputs, and I could even, pretty sure I could hear the the lock uh, actuating internally once I entered the code correctly, And uh, but the, the handle wouldn't move at all. Uh, which, it, at first, it felt to me kind of like the internal relocker had fired, uh, which is just a mechanism inside the safe door where if someone tries to get into a safe by nefarious means, there is a second internal backup lock that locks the handle up. Um, and I thought that had triggered somehow, which is, which happens sometimes, uh, be, just, just based on the way the handle felt. 
it's it's a feel thing some you know if if that isn't triggered the handle won't move or the handle might move a little bit a little bit of wiggle before it hits the lock body lock um or if the relocker is triggered usually you can't move the handle basically at all and this kind of felt like that to me uh, and i tried a few different things to make sure that it wasn't the lock body the strangest thing coming up to this though uh is that this electronic safe lock was just called a lock that was the only brand <laughs> name that it had on it so i was uh if i had to get into this safe uh, through destructive measures i was a little concerned about getting the right information on where exactly i needed to drill through the safe to, to get the door open uh you know a common electronic uh safe locks of of reputable name or stuff like sergeant greenleaf lagarde uh securam there's, but there's no lock brand locks that I'm aware of <laughs> with any sort of quality reputation behind them. Um, so I sat for about 15 minutes trying to research this lock to see, you know, if I did need to open it with destructive measures, uh, uh, try to get the right amount of information I would have need to do that properly. And also trying to, you know, just brainstorm, think if there's anything else this, that could be causing this, this handle issue. Um, my boss gets back to me with some information, says, try, uh, smacking the, the handle with a hammer lightly. The handles are designed to break away for burglary reasons, but there is a, a medium ground. Obviously you can apply some force, uh, and it could just be that a, a piece of metal or a burr or something fell into the gap between the door and the handle and is causing it to bind up and be tight. So I went and grabbed a dead blow hammer and I whacked it a few times and the handle wiggled up. <laughs> And the safe started to operate perfectly fine. I, I tore it down to that point to make sure nothing was hindering the handle movement and nothing that I could see was. And I opened the lock about 10, 15 times after that fact to make sure and everything seemed to be working fine. So somehow that handle just got caught in a weird spot and was binding up. You couldn't turn it that easily. It just needed a little bit of uh, reassurance from a hammer to open properly. Uh, other than the fact that it was a cheap safe, it didn't really have any problems. Uh, it certainly, <laughs> certainly uh, is, you know, going to have issues at some point just due to the lack of any kind of brand name. You know, there's going to be some kind of reliability issue, I would imagine. But due to the fact that it's not any kind of brand name, it wasn't any way, f there wasn't any way for me to easily replace it with a more reputable style of safe lock as it used a proprietary design to actually locks, lock shut internally, uh, which is very common on cheaper locks. They'll cut corners and do it themselves, but that, that usually winds up being less secure in the long run or less reliable. Um, and without an actual ability to swap in for something more standardized, then that, that just means you have to buy a new safe. Yeah, that was another weird one. Just having to smack the handle of the safe a little bit with a hammer to free it up uh, that one caught me off guard a little bit. And the fact that <laughs> just a lock brand lock. Uh, I guess some people aren't good at naming things. You know, I'm one of those people, so I shouldn't I shouldn't uh, throw rocks in glass houses. Uh, but those are my jobs of the week. Uh, if you like this segment, you should let me know at askalocksmithbot at gmail.com. If you didn't like this segment, you should let me know so that I know if I have other weeks with a few questions that this is something I can bring back and do again or something I, I don't repeat in the future, you want to see something different from the show. 
Uh, it doesn't matter to me. Either way, I'm, I'm comfortable with whatever. I have a few other ideas for things I can do as well. Like I said, you'll probably see those roll out in the coming weeks. Until then, it is time for Lockpick Review. All right. Uh, I finally have decided to branch into uh, media other than video games, everybody. Today, I'll be picking apart the lockpicking scene in Inside Man, a movie I have never seen. Uh, you'll come to learn, dear listeners, that I don't watch a lot of movies, <laughs> but uh, but YouTube has me covered. Uh, I uh, was sent a huge compilation of scenes in movies and TV shows where people attempt to pick locks or do pick locks, you know, uh, quote unquote. And Inside Man uh, was the first one in that list. And I watched the scene and I, I thought that was I thought it was actually a really good scene to pick apart. Um as the the movie doesn't depict as a more standard kind of lock to try and pick, it actually shows picking a dual nose lever lock that you see in security deposit boxes. Um, so first thing first, the movie correctly depicts the kind of lock you would see in a security deposit box. Uh, that is a, a dual nose lever lock, like I just said. You, uh, they're called dual nose because those locks require two keys to open. Uh, a guard key that is held by the bank and a user key that is given to whoever rents out the security deposit box. You can't open the lock with only one of those keys. You need both of those keys to open the lock, uh, which is pertinent for the bank as they have other security deposit boxes in the vault. They need a person in there to assure the safety of everyone else's box. So they need that guard key and it's pertinent for the person renting the security box out as they know the bank can't just open up their stuff without them being there as well. <clears throat> the scene shows the character. I don't know any of these characters names. I apologize. Uh, scene, <laughs> like I said, never seen the movie. Uh, the scene shows the character putting in the guard key and turning it, which is exactly right. You have to turn the guard key first. Um, and then they get out the tools of the trade, which watching this scene as a locksmith, I got quite the giggle. Um, the picker gets the first thing wrong when it comes to picking locks in media. I think we all know the answer by now, if you've been listening to the show at all. No tension wrench. Um, this is a problem as something needs to provide rotational force on the lock to attempt to pick it. I, I skim over tensioning in these, these segments a lot of the time, but I'm going to touch on it a little bit deeper here this time. Uh, tensioning is vitally important. Applying that force is what keeps the lock partially picked while you work and does the actual turning to open the lock once you have picked the pins or in this case, uh, in the case of the lock in the movie, pick the levers. So without a tension wrench, the picker wouldn't be able to make any progress. Uh, next thing this scene gets wrong is that the two directions the picker is working in, uh, the picks would not actually be engaging any of the levers to try and pick them. In the scene, the picker is trying to manipulate things in the lock at the 3 o'clock and 12 o'clock positions, when in reality, the pieces that need to be manipulated are all at the 12 o'clock position. That's that's a that's a big problem. And I think I have one other small contention with this scene, and that is the picks that are used aren't exactly what you'd want to be using to pick a lock like this. The tools they picture are used for picking pin tumbler locks mostly, not lever locks. It's a very minor nitpick compared to the lack of tension wrench and picking in the wrong direction. But it is something I felt the need to point out, as in most cases, locks of differing styles either 
require different tools entirely, or different tools are advised for a more productive uh, attempt at picking the lock. All in all, I'd say Inside Man is it's okay. It's going to get two and a half out of five pins on my scale. Getting the right kind of lock and a proper use of half of it with the guard key gave it some positive points, but a lack of proper tools and proper pick methods brings it back down to being an average media depiction of lock picking, in my opinion. And that's going to about do it for this episode for Ask a Locksmith. Again, let me know what you thought of the new segment for the show. I enjoy kind of talking about some of my more interesting jobs. Um, if you like it, I'm happy to do it more in the future. I'll Maybe I'll keep more of a notebook of exactly what goes down in these jobs. <laughs> um, and if not, no big deal. I've got other things I've thought about that I can introduce to the show to uh, keep it going on weeks where there's not as many questions. Um, and if anyone has any other suggestions they'd like for me to try on the show um, or questions for me to answer, they should definitely let me know at askalocksmithpod at gmail.com. And that brings us to the very end of another episode of Ask a Locksmith. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Ratcliffe Lock and Safe, if you're in the Connecticut area and have any need for any kind of any any locksmith service, whether it's residential, commercial, auto, or safe, please give Ratcliffe Lock and Safe a call. They help make this show happen. And for the people and the other people in places that help make this show happen, I'd like to thank at Clobberin Time on Twitter. That's Time the Herb. Uh, go give Alex a follow. Thank you so much for the show's wonderful art. Anchor.fm for hosting and distributing this show. And bensound.com for the royalty-free music throughout the show. And of course, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for checking the show out. I'll be back in two weeks to talk locks once more. Until then, buh bye bye